to the ether today's monday january 31st 2022 this episode of the ether is brought to you by orbital command a community validator on terra dedicated to educating expanding and promoting the lunatic community visit oc's what we do page using the link in the show notes to take advantage of some of their other educational resources including weekly meetups to discuss terra protocols strategies and concepts the terra luna intel report on telegram and YouTube explainer videos on Terra Concepts. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross-chain incubator on Terra, and it's the first launchpad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol and is refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. WeFund is community-focused and designed to be a user-friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Make sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes, and check them out online at wefund.app. TerraSpaces appreciates the support of all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, we have the Luna and Rune Thor swap with Orbital Command Space. Let's take a listen. So what I'll do here is I'll... uh... Give everyone a second to come on board. We'll give them about 30 seconds to a minute here. In the meantime, I'm going to uh, I'm going to reach out to Mr. Chad. Oh, yeah, there he is there. Chad Thoreau, can you let me know? Can you hear me loud and clear? Yep, loud and clear. How about, how about on my end? Beautiful, yeah, clear as day. Mate, thank you so much for jumping on board. It's, um, it's going to be a great chat. I'm eagerly anticipating this chat uh, myself. I've been going down the rune rabbit hole this last week, um, thoroughly impressed with the tokenomics. And I can see that there's a good relationship uh, between lunatics and, well, what do you guys call it? The runatics? Thor Chads. <laughs> That's the most common one. Thor Chad. <laughs> yes, I can see there's a good relationship building across the board there. I can see that you've actually got yourself a beautiful little Thor, um, Thor chain bull there. Mad props for that. Um, look, what I want to do, obviously, is sort of set the, the purpose, the outcome, and the agenda. And the purpose of the call is basically to find out what the best, um, you know, what it means in the future, in the near future, as ThorChain integrates more with Terra, how that benefits the Terra ecosystem, and then vice versa, how you know, that integration is going to benefit the ThorChads. Um, we'll do this probably the next hour. Uh, we'll try and wrap it up in an hour's time. If it goes, you know, five, ten minutes over, so be it. But uh, we do have Terra Spaces recording this space as well. So shout out to Terra Spaces and shout out to Chad. With that being said, I feel like we can just about get into this. So Chad, my man, <sighs> thank you for coming on. Just want to check in with you. What's your, just so that people know, first and foremost, what's your role uh, at Thorswap? What do you do at Thorswap? 
Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, uh, I'm a community member. You know, I've been very excited about both Rune and Luna for the better part of a year. And, um, you know, particularly this overlap that we'll talk about today, like you mentioned, is one of the most exciting components just because there, I see a lot of parallels between the two, which is what initially uh, drew me to the both of them. And now they're kind of coming in, coming together in a way that's going to be mutually beneficial for both. Um, yeah, so I, I really, for, really a community member, you know, only in the last few weeks to couple months have I uh, realized, you know, these are, these are decentralized protocols that anyone can just show up and start trying to help and do their part. So I've kind of uh, tried to take on the role of, um, I guess you could say like a translator on some level, like I'm trying to understand stuff that's way over my head. <laughs> I am not technical. I'm not, um, you know, on the core development team or anything like that. But I try to understand and convey these messages in a way that, you know, like, what's the gist of it? Like, what, is, what does this actually matter to us as users? So um, with that, I started hopping on spaces a lot more. Um, I'm helping co-host the ThorChain weekly space and then also started uh, to help out with ThorSwap. So uh, at ThorSwap, um, recently joined and I'm helping with educational content. So I'll be the one um, making say, video tutorials on exactly how to use Luna with ThorSwap uh, once that's live and just helping uh, helping the communities come together and helping make sure that, you know, this complicated ThorChain stuff is made as simple as possible. Yeah, super important job there. Obviously, you know, when, you, when we're talking about uh, all the protocols that are being built, often for newcomers, it can seem like a completely different and foreign language. So having a translator is probably one of the most important jobs that we can have at this point in time. And so, you know, over the next 20 minutes, I'd love to pick your brain. I've got some questions that I've sort of teed up. Um, then I think at that point, we'll probably open the floor up. There'll be people on this call who are from the Lunatics community, and there'll be people who are, um, you know, Thor Chads. And I'm sure that they're going to have plenty of good quality questions to ask you. And I'd love to have as much covered in this next hour as possible so that people leave this space informed and knowing, you know, how they want to proceed moving forward and how they can uh, you know, how the lunatics can use ThorChain to their uh, advantage and vice versa. So with that being said here, um, for the people who may not actually be aware, I think it always helps if there's a little bit of clarity around well, like what ThorChain actually is, what its you know, point of difference is, what its selling point is. Um, you know, what's the TLDR? How would you summarize ThorChain for the people that are completely new to it? Yeah, so the core thing to understand is that ThorChain solves one of the longest lasting problems in crypto really, which is how do you how do you get across from these separate islands, these separate ecosystems that are all doing their own unique interesting thing but are incompatible with each other. So ThorChain is kind of a chain agnostic chain in the middle of those that makes these incompatible incompatible blockchains compatible. So on a very simple level, this means, you know, being able to swap from, say, the two largest assets in all of crypto, Bitcoin and Ethereum. If you want to swap those generally, that means going through a either some kind of wrapped trust-based uh, bridge to, to, a, to a wrapped asset, or you're going through a centralized exchange with KYC and, you know, all the risks of storing your assets on a centralized with a centralized company, whereas, you know, ThorChain is kind of at the simple level, you could imagine like, like a, a Uniswap or a SushiSwap, but instead of just being, um, 
you know, ERC-20 assets. We're talking about, you know, Bitcoin to Ethereum to Doge, Litecoin, Rune, uh, Luna soon, you know, like to really be able to bridge that. And, and by doing that through these uh, cross-chain liquidity pools, that also brings DeFi access to tokens that have otherwise been uh, been essentially stranded from that. So th- I would say that is the core most important thing. And then that groundwork lays, uh, it lays the framework for cross-chain DeFi and a lot of exciting stuff that's coming later, which I'm sure we'll get into. But to me, that is like the, the core fundamental first piece, which is it allows for cross-chain liquidity, which can string together these different crypto islands <laughs> in a way that is, you know, trustless and decentralized. So, yeah, love it. Great summary. And so you know, piggybacking off that, you did mention about these different islands. You've got, you know, things like BTC and ETH and Litecoin and Bitcoin Cash. These are all traditionally, you know, completely separate from one another. Bitcoin, um, on your side, I'm on it right now, is currently earning 16% APY. Of course, that fluctuates. I've seen that higher than 20%. I've seen it a uh, bit under 16 but right now it's sitting at 16% at the moment. For people that uh, may not be aware, like how is that achieved? How are we taking assets like BTC? How are we taking assets like you know, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin? And how are we getting those to uh, earn us you know, 16%, 28% for Litecoin? How is it actually achieved? Yeah, so all the current yields you're seeing are with liquidity pools with Rune. So in, in the future, there's going to be ways to, to do single-sided yield. Uh, Synths are going to lay the groundwork for that, which is something rolling out soon, which we can get into more, uh, roughly around the same time as the, as the Luna integration. But right now, what you're seeing is each one of those assets is pooled with the native Rune token, which is the native uh, token of, of ThorChain. And that is kind of what facilitates... Um, the swapping through all of these other chains, right? So essentially you can think of it as like a double swap, like Bitcoin to Rune, Rune to Luna is roughly how it ends up working. Um, And that's kind of also the Rune tokens core functionality is to be able to secure these cross-chain assets because that's an extremely difficult problem. That's why it's never been solved. Like 12 years into crypto, there still wasn't really a way to do that without a, a, a company or, or weird trusted bridges in between. So uh, the rune token is kind of like the core thing there. And that, so that's where you're seeing those yields are, it's a pool of say BTC and rune. And by being in a 50, 50 pool, now you're earning that APY and that APY is very sustainable because it's coming from um, mostly from the actual use of that pool. You know, these aren't like some kind of just a uh, farming token sort of, Thing or whatever, like you're not earning Thor tokens or something. Like you're getting more liquidity units as that pool grows, based on the usage of the pool. Right, and it, like as far as I can tell, too, like with all the you know the cross chain swaps and things of that nature, the way it kind of works on your end is it's 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 starting and finishing like the swaps in different wallets. So, for example, you could have like Ethereum in your MetaMask. Uh, that's then switched essentially to, you know, if you want to swap it to like a Binance coin in your ledger wallet, that's what's happening. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, that's exactly it. So, I mean, you can have multiple, it's kind of core to the to the ThorChain idea, right? Is like, so you have to have multiple wallets connected because you're dealing with native assets on each chain. Like this is not like a, 
representation of Bitcoin on Terra or something, for example, where you'd have like a Terra address with like some sort of synthetic Bitcoin or, or, or something like that. Like we're talking about real true native Bitcoin. So you're connecting like a Bitcoin wallet with a Bitcoin address and then also a, you know, all the other various chains. So, you know, there's there's wallets like XDeFi, for example, that have, um, you know, multiple chains in that one single browser wallet. Or there's other ways. I mean, if you just go on ThorSwap and connect, you can see like all the various uh, wallets you can connect. But a lot of those are only, you know, single chain or something like that. So then you can connect multiple wallets at a time. Like, for example, you could connect like if you're used to just using MetaMask with Ethereum, then you could connect MetaMask on that end. But let's say you wanted to swap to, um, well, let's let's say Luna, uh, which is you know not live just yet, but soon. Then you could connect Terra Station on that end. Um, and you can actually even just, um, if you are only doing a single way swap like that, you can actually just input the address that you want on the other end. You don't even have to like fully connect it. You could just connect your Ethereum wallet, put your Terra address and complete the swap. I love the simplicity there. That's amazing. Um, okay. So with that being said, then what's the, what's the situation with synths? What, what is the purpose of synths? How do they work? Yeah, synths are going to be really interesting because um, they kind of like lay the groundwork for all the future, uh, what what people call ThorFi, which is kind of like the DeFi ecosystem built between these cross-chain liquidity pools. So, you know, in the future, that's going to mean borrowing and lending. Like imagine an anchor protocol, but with any asset and any asset, meaning like a savings account that is just Bitcoin and you're, own, and you're earning 10 or 15% just on single-sided Bitcoin, like Anchor Earn, for example, or you're borrowing UST against Doge or something. You know, like all that stuff is kind of things that are coming uh, down the line. And synths are really crucial in allowing that to exist. So how synths are created is that they are minted against um, like they're backed by the underlying liquidity pool, the same liquidity pools we already talked about with Rune. So for example, mm-hmm. the like a, a Luna synth will be backed by the Luna Rune uh, pool position. Um, and that so that part is coming very soon. The parts that are um, you know still a bit more up in the air is uh, you know when these different yield and borrow and lending and savings stuff is coming. But the synths are extremely close, which that alone, even without the yield stuff on top, it also allows uh, way easier, uh, cheaper and faster trading between all these various uh, chains. Because one thing with ThorChain is like you're dealing with on-chain stuff, right? Like so meaning if you're swapping uh, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, well, then you're dealing with like the gas fees of those native chains, which some people might be like, oh, that's you know, a little higher, but it's like, well, yeah, you're using the actual chain. So for example, swapping BNB to, uh, to Luna is going to be a lot cheaper than swapping Ethereum to Luna because, because Ethereum, <laughs> whereas with, whereas with synths, uh, synths are going to be like a, a synthetic representation of say Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of these assets backed by the native underlying pool but the synth itself is going to be uh, a, a Thorchain native token, meaning it's going to be as fast and as cheap as Rune, which is, you know, 
pretty cheap. <laughs> so okay. that'll, that'll allow a lot more volume too. And then the pools beneath it will accrue all of that additional trading volume through fees and everything. So it benefits the underlying, uh, the actual liquidity pool as well. We may have lost him. Uh-oh. <laughs> Let's give him a my, second here. My synth explanation was just too much. <laughs> you blew his mind so much, you blew him <laughs> off of the Twitter space. <laughs> just passed out in disbelief of what's possible. <laughs> I see him requesting. Twitter spaces is so funky sometimes. I don't know why it does this. All right. I, I believe I'm back. There, there you go. Yeah, yeah I hear you. right, mate. It was uh, mind-blowing stuff, and I had to eject <laughs> momentarily just to process it. Um, with that, so just to just to kind of really bring that home, because I, I think I understand it at this point, but I just want to paint a really clear picture if I can, and that is that the single-sided staking. So when we have Bitcoin single-sided staked, uh, the way it's going to be providing the APYs itself is through the synths. The synths are going to be paid. Uh, well, the Returns for the sense are going to be paid from the underlying rune and native asset uh, liquidity pools. Is that correct? Yeah. What's going to be able to fund sense to be single sided yield is that they're backed by underlying, like the underlying liquidity pool where all the swaps and the trading and all of that is accruing fees to those. And that's, um, yeah, that's going to the the synth holder as well. But yeah, one thing to note uh, that does kind of uh, can be confusing is like the synth on itself uh, is just the synth. What for it to be yield bearing, it's going to be in like a vault, which uh, I'm not sure on. The, it, it, hopefully, that's soon after the synth launch. But I, as far as I understand, when synths first come out, it's like the ability to mint them and to trade them and all of that, which accrues value to the to the liquidity provider, but it, where what's coming is, yeah, the single sided, which would be like, to me, like, you know, to, 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 exp- from, from the Terra landscape, you know, that's, I, I think of that like B Luna or something, you know, where you're like, that is a yield bearing um, asset that you could like bond to borrow against. So similarly, similarly for Thor, for Thorfi, like these yield bearing synths are going to be the collateral for borrowing in the future as well. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be super exciting to have single sided yield. I think that's like what we're all kind of like just anxiously waiting for because, you know, like pretty amazing to just have Bitcoin on Bitcoin, Luna on Luna, Rune Rune on Rune. Whereas like with the current liquidity pools, you know, you're always exposed to Rune, which for me is a great thing. Uh, You know, Luna and Rune pool is going to be ideal, (laughs) but the market for, for single sided yield is going to be huge. Well, actually, speaking of the well, two things. First question is, what's the rough ETA of the single-sided synths staking? Um, so, so synths themselves are like really close. I'm not sure on when when they become yield-bearing, though. Um, that I don't think there's been any official info there. I hope I'm not saying anything uh, mistaken here. But uh, synths themselves are like on stage net now. Um, and the, and Thor games are about to start, which is going to be like a incentivized, uh, way of letting the community kind of, uh, bang on it and try to try to find any last minute issues on, on StageNet, which StageNet is basically like a, another Thor chain with real assets, but everything is kept small and under control to really test new features before they roll out onto the main chaos net, uh, Mm -hmm. similar situation where, where Luna is right now. Um, so 
it, it feels like we're only, you know, weeks away from synth launching. And then um, as far as the synth vaults, uh, yeah, I want to stay on top of that as well, because I, I don't know if a timeline has been put out there, but hopefully that's not too far, too far behind. Okay. Okay. So a couple few weeks, keep our eyes out and uh, hopefully we'll see something coming through live there. Um, the other thing that I wanted to piggyback on was you, you mentioned the Lunar and Rune pool a moment ago, and I was actually having a peruse through your Twitter recently, and you had up a great little post. Uh, it said something to the effect of uh, that when Lunar Rebound, or as Lunar Rebounds, you'll be minimizing taking more anchor loan against it. Rather, you'll be using that lowering, uh, you'll be using the lowering LTV to unbond that collateral to be ready for the Lunar and Rune pool, which you expect to have roughly a 30% APY. Can you expand on this strategy uh, a little bit and the benefits of it? Yeah. Um, so this is just, this is just a personal, personal strategy that I'm, sure. I'm, I'm thinking about, but um, you know, I've been degenerate with the way I use my anchor loan at times. And <laughs> I think this will be a good shift because for one, it will allow me to um, have a place to utilize uh, pairing it with rune, which, you know, as of right now, like I still have a good amount of my rune just uh, essentially just being held. Uh, not all of it is in liquidity pools because I want to, uh, well, frankly, because some of the assets I'm the most bullish on outside of rune are stuff like Luna. So I've been kind of waiting for this opportunity where now I can earn a yield by pairing two of my favorite assets uh, together. And we could even touch on like why each of those is interesting in terms of tokenomics and stuff. Cause I think there's a lot of overlap between the communities because of that. Um, but yeah, so I'm just kind of thinking that personally is um, I, you know, rather than in the past, I've used the UST from my anchor loan for liquidity pools um, and, you know, within the Terra ecosystem. And over time I just started putting it into various things. And with the recent drawdown, you know, I've had to pay down um, a good chunk of that loan. So now I'm thinking, okay, as as my LTV hopefully starts to drop significantly again, uh, rather than taking more loan and putting it into a liquidity pool, what I'm going to do is unbond some of that Luna so I can pair it with equivalent Rune. And then I can be having that Rune be put to work uh, and my Luna making good yield. And then, um, and then that's essentially at least in my mind, this, like technically not exactly, but the way I'm thinking about that is that's basically like earning Rune on Rune and Luna on Luna at the same time because I'm putting both my Luna and my Rune to work and I'm gaining more of that pool share. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And uh, obviously you're also able to do that with something that Thor offers or Thorswap offers is this in permanent loss protection. Um so it sounds like, you know, you're long on two tokens here, the Lunar and the Rune long term. Um, you're able to, you know, earn a yield as they're going up in value anyway, uh, the underlying pool. But it's also, uh, you know, subject to an impermanent loss protection. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So impermanent loss protection on ThorChain, it kicks in 1% per day until 100% impermanent loss protection at 100 days. And so what that means is that assuming you stay in for 100 days, your worst case scenario is that your, in terms of value, not necessarily in terms of the exact underlying token, but your value can be no worse than if you had just been holding the two assets from the beginning. Like regardless of what impermanent loss happens there, uh, the protocol basically covers that difference. So let's say, you know, you start, like let, let's assume Luna 
and rune were the same price hypothetically let's say you put a thousand luna with a thousand rune then at the end of a hundred days um let's say the prices are very different now uh you're not guaranteed to pull out a thousand and a thousand but you're guaranteed to pull out the value equivalent to if you had just held the thousand and a thousand from the beginning so that's where the impermanent loss kicks in is that you're not going to lose to the impermanent loss itself now obviously the underlying assets can change value but you are no worse than holding is the idea that's amazing news for liquidity providers so technically speaking anyone who's providing liquidity if you can just ride out the storm 100 days you're at least going to break even yeah, you're at least at where you would have been if you just held the two assets all along in terms of value. In reality, again, like that, that could mean you have you have more of one token and less of the other. But in terms of like value, uh, yeah, right, okay. And so you know the final part of that that thread that you posted was you were saying adding lunar liquidity increases Rune's deterministic price. Can you explain the de- deterministic pricing model a little bit as well for people that may be unaware? Yeah, absolutely. So this is one of the most exciting parts of, of Rune. Uh, similar to how, you know, everyone, all, all the lunatics, we get excited about uh, UST growth, meaning Luna burning, meaning, you know, with even equivalent demand on Luna, that means price go up generally <laughs> if the Luna is burning. So like similar to how that's what excites lunatics is UST, bur- uh, UST mint and Luna burn. What excites Thor Chads is this brilliant tokenomic design such that the rune token um, captures value from all the non-rune uh, TVL locked in its liquidity pools. So in short, this means 3x TVL is the minimum uh, sort of market cap of rune. And where that comes from is that for every dollar of non-rune in a liquidity pool, First off, it's obviously paired with $1 of, uh, of Rune to keep the 50-50 balance. So that's, that's, like a, that's, the, that's the 1x of the 3x, right? And then the other 2x is coming from the, uh, the nodes. So the nodes have to bond uh, 2x the value in Rune, which is what creates um, the security to allow these cross-chain swaps and everything we've talked about. Because otherwise, like, as far as I've seen, and as far as anyone in the ThorChain ecosystem has seen, like, there hasn't been any other way to secure that, which is why it's such a hard problem. So what secures ThorChain is these well-designed economic incentives, meaning the nodes are, they would lose, they would lose way more if they acted, uh, you know, maliciously by taking the, the assets they are, securing because they've had to bond twice that uh, just to be able to control this. And then they are incentivized as well to do that. But um, that's that, that model is what keeps the whole system in check. And it also is what creates the 3x TVL. Because for every $1 of non-rune in a liquidity pool, you have a dollar of rune in the liquidity pool, and you have $2 of rune bonded by the nodes. Yeah. Okay. So in my head, as I'm hearing you say that, what I'm kind of drawing a comparison to is like the way it's the reason it's possible with these nodes contributing uh 2x uh the amount of rune it's kind of like being able to take out a loan on anchor because you're over collateralized so because there's more value that's provided um that's what's helping create that deterministic price model yeah basically like as there's more uh non-rune added 
uh, yeah. you know, there's, there's buy pressure on, on Rune right there in the liquidity pool. And then there are incentives to make sure that node operators are bonding more and more Rune to, to ensure that there's, there's uh, space in the liquidity pools. Because if you're, if you've been in Thorchain at all, you've probably heard about like the caps and like the raise the caps sort of initiative. And that's because there, there's been like an artificial cap on how, how, on how much liquidity can be in the pools. And, you know, that's something that will go away over, you know, hopefully the next few months or so. But there's also like this, uh, you know, uh, programmed hard cap, which uh, ties in with like the, the 2x node bond. Like the, the value of the rune bond, it has to be high enough to allow that liquidity to be in there safely or else it, it breaks the economic model, right? So, yeah, what we're talking about here is some pretty slick tokenomics. Um, yeah, I, the more I'm reading, the more bullish I'm becoming. And I've been having a little play with DoorSwap lately, but I'm still yet to properly deep dive. But as this conversation is unfolding, I'm becoming more excited to do so. Um, and you had mentioned earlier that uh, there's some news that's been happening with XDeFi wallet uh, integrations there. What specifically is going on with XDeFi? Uh, specifically with XDeFi? Um... Well, they uh, one they they have in wallet swaps now. So the the swaps that you can do within their wallet are um, are are being powered from Thorchain. So right there, you have your multi chain wallet, and you can you can swap right within that. Um, they are also working towards the Bitcoin Ledger integration, which should be big uh, because currently there's not a way to use. Bitcoin specifically with Ledger uh, to interact with swapping or liquidity pooling. So that should be a big one. Uh, what else are they doing? But yeah, that's probably all I know on their end. Um, but there's a lot coming just in general with, with ThorSwap and just ThorChain as a whole. You know, like for example, like one of the things that I think is particularly exciting is the aggregator feature, uh, which perhaps something else you wanted to get into. But um, with that, what's going to be possible, and uh, that's kind of like a core ThorChain thing that is allowing this aggregator feature, and ThorSwap is the first to build it out. But over time, what that's going to allow is like to uh, do these multi-swap, essentially, uh, routes like through one transaction. So this could mean like swapping Bitcoin all the way through to like a CW20 Astroport uh, token in, in one swap. Um, so that sort of stuff is is coming as well and i'm sure that'll be integrated kind of in various ways across all these different interfaces because uh yeah that's the one thing with thorchain is it's like just to keep in mind is you know all these teams are like thorchain itself is only the back end uh all yeah. these all these projects are are uh separate teams that's incredible the fact that we're able to like we're at a point well almost at a point where we can have btc converted uh, over to like a CW20 token uh, seamlessly on the back end is incredible. Um, and so that's yeah. from what I'm hearing with XD fights, like people don't even necessarily have to know that they're interacting with Thorchain. That's all just happening on the back end. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think over time, at least that's my sort of thought and goal is like, you know, all of these complexities are going to be abstracted away and it can be, uh, you know, like I think there's talks of, I mean, I don't, I don't know what's official, and what's not, but like, you know, a lot of these major Terra ecosystem players um, are definitely in talks with having this stuff integrated directly into their apps. Uh, so stuff that like we're all already familiar with. And I think that's one of the most bullish things for, 
for, for Thorchain is like, you know, it's not like people are going to be necessarily at like some official Thorchain product, but it's rather plugged into its backend infrastructure of, of so many different, uh, so many different projects. Well, that will probably lead to the last question I'll ask you before we open up the floor to uh, everyone else here. But um, are there any particular pro uh, protocols projects on Terra at the moment that make the most sense uh, for you to integrate with? And you know, what are the benefits? So as we do this and as this begins to unfold over time, you know, what are the major benefits for the Lunatics community that are listening to this right now? Oh, yeah. So there's, there's a lot there. Um, and by the way, I see, I see Pluto is requesting. We should, he's from the Nine Realms team and works like directly on Thorchain. So it'd be really cool to, to pull him up on for the Q&A or, or whenever, but I'm sure he would have stuff to add. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, one thing, to, just to kind of circle back, because I'm not sure I've completely finished the thought about like the, the tokenomic question you, were, you had been saying. But I, so I want to make sure I drill that in. But like, you right, know, you because... Um, you know, that is something that's beneficial for both ecosystems too, right? Because it's like, if you understand that Thorchain has one of the strongest missions, the same way that Terra has one of the strongest missions, right? Like Terra is trying to build a decentralized stablecoin because we freaking need that in crypto. Like that's a massive, massive problem. Thorchain is building the rails to create, you know, decentralized cross-chain liquidity, which allows for uh, swaps and DeFi you know, without, without these centralized uh, companies running it. So like they both have these strong things. And then there's the strong tokenomic connection, which is that, you know, by, by using like these synths we talked about, or by adding Luna to a liquidity pool, like not only are you getting all that yield, but you're also like directly, um, you're directly boosting the deterministic value of Rune through that one to three ratio. And then by boosting the value of Rune, that creates more cap space. So there's a lot of like flywheels uh, that come together with Thorchain and with um, with Luna. Like one thing I didn't even directly touch on, but obviously with Luna coming to Thorchain, that also means UST. And obviously as lunatics, we love to see uses for UST. And what, like, I mean, we're talking about a decentralized, um, you know, almost like a Binance, but a DEX version, right? And what better, like, of course, we want to see UST being like the top stablecoin on something like that. It just the the missions align perfectly, and the the tokenomics do as well. So, uh, as far as which projects in Terra, you know, um, over time, like I, I, honestly, like I could see so many of them because why wouldn't they want to like expand their offering to to bring in other tokens to interact with their products, right? Because this means like this. By, by building this this bridge, it's like, you know, all this other money can come into the Terra ecosystem, right? Bitcoin, like huge amounts of liquidity can, can come directly uh, into Terra. And then with, with yield-bearing synths, uh, you know, backed by these native assets of other chains, that could potentially be, you know, bonded on Anchor or something mm. like that. Then you have, um, and, and that's getting into speculation, obviously, but it definitely can happen. Uh, then you have, oh, I love the speculation. I'm an imaginal. Yeah, and then and then you have something like Astroport or any decks, and it's like, well, why wouldn't they want you to be able to, to? Like, they could also make a fee on integrating this and allowing that many more tokens uh, through their swaps rather than just CW20s. So, 
I really see like endless possibilities with with like the crossover. And I personally expect that a lot of Terra ecosystem projects will be will be integrating this. That's super exciting. Um, let's open up the floor. Let's. Uh, I see we've got a couple of people that have jumped on here. Are you happy to take some questions now, Chad? Yeah, absolutely. And I uh, definitely want to shout out to Pluto. I'm sure he'd be up for maybe answering some questions or might have any might have something to add to to start. Yeah, what up, guys? Um, this is this is Pluto here. Um, I'm one of the developers at Nine Realms, focused on contributing to the core protocol. Um, I'm the primary author of the uh, Terra integration, and also the maintainer of Thorchain's StageNet. Um, so basically, have been responsible for bringing Terra onto the Thorchain ecosystem. And I figured I'd jump in and uh, answer some questions. Um, but first wanted to offer a bit of a clarification. I think when I jumped on, you guys were talking about like aggregators, um, and sort of like the possibilities there. Um, so just wanted to give also like a quick update, um, on where we're at today. So right now with, um, with StageNet, which is basically, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's another chain. Um, think of it as a test net, but instead of running with fake assets, it uses real assets. So all the different mainnet chains that we support um, are also on StageNet with a very small amount of liquidity in their pools that we can use to test out these integrations beforehand. Um, so we've actually been able to do like a real UST to real BTC L1 swaps um, on StageNet. So um, as far as like the core functionality of just swapping from like an, um, an, an L1 to another L1, um, we can do that already. Um, and so where it gets a little bit more complicated is actually um, being able to do like multi-transaction um, using uh, like a message execute contract on Terra to essentially like, like you can b basically chain together um, uh, transactions on Terra where as long as the output of the um, of like a message execute contract call on Terra um, has the correct memo that Thorchain recognizes you could basically do uh, like a double swap um, from Astro to UST and then from UST to BTC. So with one transaction, you're literally just saying, I'm sending Astro out and I want to get Bitcoin back to this Bitcoin address. And like one transaction, it'll do all that. Um, the only fees you'd pay would be like the eight cents um, uh, Thorchain like chain fee and then whatever you know the slippage on the liquidity pool is um you know and the fees that are paid out to the liquid liquidity providers from there so you know we're we're just starting to, starting to experiment with that right now um but uh yeah in terms of like the timeline on all this stuff i think in the next like three weeks we should be getting that all wrapped up and um and deployed to our chaos net which is essentially our, our multi-chain um i'm oh, sorry our main net and um, and yeah, we're super excited. We're ready to um, start accepting deposits as soon as that's live. Um, so you can just come and earn. You know, I mean, some of the pools like like B, our highest yielding pool right now is BUSD, and that's because it's a you know it's a, a low fee chain. But I'm I, I'm certain that UST is going to um, is going to be the highest. Um, one of the highest volume um, pools on on Thorchain, just simply because like of the utility of being able to swap into and out of positions. So 
you know, a lot of people we see are doing like a BTC to BUSD and, you know, to get in and out of exposure to Bitcoin and the greater, you know, crypto market. Um, and so that BUSD pool earns like 37% APY right now. Um, so like, I, I think UST will be like around that much, if not higher. So as long as you're willing to like take exposure on the rune side of things, um, and of course there's impermanent loss protection paid, um, you know, so that you'll always be in a better, um, not in a better, as good, if not better spot than if you had just held both tokens, um, you know, then, then UST and Luna, you can get, you know, really attractive APYs on. So yeah, that's just a quick update um, on sort of like where we're at in terms of timing and what to expect um, in terms of the capabilities. And then, all, and then also another interesting thing. Yeah, you, you, could, you could take it a step further with the aggregator feature, which is basically like wrapping uh, the Uniswap or SushiSwap contracts. You could in a single transaction, now you'd probably pay a, you know, a bit more fees because it's, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're putting a transaction on the Ethereum chain at that point. Um, but with a single transaction, you could theoretically go from like Astro to UST to whatever uh, ERC twenty on Sushi Swap in in a single transaction, and you, and it, that would be leveraging the the UST pool the um, on Thorchain, the Ethereum pool on Thorchain, and then the uh, liquidity pool on Sushi Swap that that you were swapping into. So a lot of really interesting things here, and and just to the question before about like. XDFi wallet, um, Trust wallet, like any of these wallets, in the future they're they're gonna in integrate Thorchain, and that's just gonna be the primary entry point for most users into Thorchain. They're not even gonna know they're using Thorchain. They're just going to be like opening their wallet and seeing their balance and saying, "Oh, I have you know a uh, thousand Luna, and I want Bitcoin, or I want this ERC twenty." And basically, the Thorchain backend is going to determine the best route, whether that's through Uniswap, through SushiSwap, through our own native pool, ERC20 pools. Um, and you can just do you know, anything with the uh, smart contracts on Terra as well. So it's so really, really like, like, the, like the ecosystem, it's going to get to the point where you're doing all of this in like a decentralized DeFi native way directly from your wallet without ever like losing custody of your funds or having to deposit on a centralized exchange. Absolute madness in the best possible way. Thank you for jumping on, Clint. I really appreciate this. Let's uh, get some questions from some of the other speakers here. Hey guys, a uh, little technical question. Uh, I, I haven't used Thorchain personally, so I have no sort of basis for comparison, but like, what is the role like between Thorchain and say what Osmosis does? What say, for example, a Dex on Terra does? And you know, like, is Thorchain sort of a combination of incentivized liquidity? I, I guess I'm, I have a hard time, maybe because I haven't really deep dived into the Thorchain. Like, what is it replacing that say? Um, Osmosis or IBC in general or whatever doesn't do. Uh, what's what's sort of like its core feature? Well, yeah. Osmosis. Go ahead, Pluto. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think just like the number one thing right there is access to every other ecosystem other than whatever the chain that it's running on. So Osmosis allows swapping within the IBC ecosystem. Um, Terra Dexes allow swapping within the Terra ecosystem. 
but none of them allow you to swap to Bitcoin, for example, and like real L1 Bitcoin, not like a wrapped Bitcoin or something like that. Um, so in, in that sense, like because of ThorChain's architecture of using threshold signatures and actually holding L1 assets in its vaults that are controlled by the two-thirds majority of its network, um, it, you're able to access that, the, the, the L1 liquidity. Um, and that's, that's something that no other DEX um, is doing right now. I mean, it's, it's truly like the design of a centralized exchange. Um, but without, you know, without the centralization, obviously. So your, your Bitcoin, for example, is in an actual Bitcoin wallet on the exactly. BTC, on the, on the network, as opposed to like just a ledger entry or a wrapper is basically yeah, exactly. the bottom line. Exactly. Okay. So it's all of the features of a centralized network without the centralized net, without the centralized decks. This is how I should be thinking about it. So um, ha- like where, like how would... Um, so it, would that be the core or best way then to ultimately bridge Bitcoin liquidity, for example, to Terra, or are there like alternatives to that too? Like what are ThorChain's like competitors maybe? Yeah. I mean, I would say ThorChain is the, for sure the best way. Um, I don't really know of any other direct competitors that are pulling off anything similar without using trusted, you know, wrapped assets with some kind of semi-centralized bridge um especially for things like bitcoin um like you know from these more older utxo change and stuff um yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm personally not aware of any so i think this is one of the most bullish parts of it is that this integration brings um all this external liquidity a direct route to terra um you know via thorchain and and, and ruin accrues value there um, that allows you know UST in these pools to be the the backbone um, stablecoin of really much more than just Terra um, because you know this is now a route to get to na- uh, you know ERC USDT or any other um, tokens that are on Thor chain. So it, it it's like this creates a crazy web where it, it it really connects both in both in both directions. Yeah, I, I would just add that like most of the existing projects out there. Um, that are doing this, they're either, they're either doing it in like a wrapped way where you're sending it, your Bitcoin to some wallet and they're like, you know, wrapping it and putting it on their chain in, and you're then able to like, you know, tra- inter- transact in that. We've, we've seen that like the, you know, except for like WBTC, which has a centralized custodian, like wrapped assets don't generally have good depth of liquidity. And so you're going to pay a lot of slippage on those. So like the, po- the goal of using just L1s is that you're keeping that value on the native chain where it belongs. Um, and then, so if you look at like other, other sort of competitors, um, I was reading about one today, I was, forgot what it's called, but they, they're doing like a wormhole style um, implementation. And so like the problem with wormholes is that they never tend to address like how they're actually doing their relayers. Um, in, in many cases, like you're, those relayers are just like a multi-sig wallet and Maybe there's like a few trusted people on the, you know, in the project that are like running the the relayer nodes, and those, and it's really just like a, a glorified multi-sig setup where you're just sending into, you know, some wallet that they control, and they're minting some, you know, token and then representing it on some other chain. Um, and so, like that is just sort of like we, we we don't think that that's the best design. We think that the best design is keeping those 
assets on their native L1s, not wrapping them, because wrapping fragments liquidity across multiple ecosystems by keeping the liquidity on the native chain um, and paired to the Rune asset, because every other asset is on its own chain, but paired to the Rune asset, then you can swap between any of them. Again, we don't have like an ETH BTC book um, where you know all of the ETH is paired with eBTC and that's the only way to swap between them. You can swap between any two assets because Rune is basically the, um, the bridge between them. So instead of swapping um, ETH BTC, you're swapping ETH to Rune and then Rune to BTC, but that's happening in one transaction under the hood. Um, and so in other words, you don't have to be like a Rune investor in a sense, or you need to worry. You don't need to really worry too much about like rune price exposure during your transaction. Essentially, exactly, exactly. You, as long as you send, like, literally, you just send a Bitcoin transaction on the Bitcoin network of any of any value, right? You send one Bitcoin. You send the memo or the op return code. You know, uh, swap, and then here's your ETH address. Um, it's literally just going to say, "Cool, I'm converting that to rune." The rune to Bitcoin depth is such is, is this amount. So here's the you know the slip that you incur on that transaction, and then it's basically saying now the rune to ETH side. But then you're so you're not seeing any of that as the user. You're just sending uh, Bitcoin out on you know to, to essentially the inbound address, which is the vault that's being observed by all of the participants in the network. They're coming to consensus about what the price should be, what the you know what the outbound transaction should be created. And then it, it's set signing that in a two-thirds sort of uh, uh, ceremony um, and then sending out on the ETH chain to the address that you specified. So, yeah, you don't need to know anything about, you know, how, how like ThorChain works under the hood or you don't need to go and, you know, add, add your uh, address to any sort of like um, entry. It's, it's literally like you could spin up a Virgin wallet and just send directly to an inbound address. Now, of course, the, the, the user experience that most people will see will just be swapping in their wallet. And because your wallet already knows your, you know, your ETH address, your BTC address, et cetera, like on trust or any of the multi-coin wallets, you're just, you know, you can just literally hit swap and it's going to, it's going to do it. And there's, you know, again, no, no signups, nothing. It's, it's literally just like, did all of the nodes observe this transaction? If so, then it sends out the 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 transaction on the chain that you asked it to yeah super cool uh who else we've got mike mike's got a question yes hello can you hear me yep yeah perfect thank you very much so yeah you guys actually already answered the question a little bit um kind of emphasizing the native chain to chain swaps that you guys are able to do i guess i'd just be a little bit curious as to how the you know business development side of things are going obviously you talked about you know some key features that make your you know liquidity pools attractive to to bigger traders potentially as well as you know b2b efforts like the wallet um, integrations so i was just wondering what type of partnerships you've been looking for how those talks been going and um, who are some of the competitors that you may have um, had to butt up against while trying to get those B2B contacts? Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an engineer on the project. Um, so there's probably others on my team that are better suited to to talk about this. But the, the primary function of Nine Realms is, as an organization is to support and bolster the ThorChain ecosystem. 
Um, but it actually started out as an on-ramp for institutional capital providers into the ThorChain ecosystem who don't necessarily want to take the um, the rune side risk or it's too, you know, it's it's just it's it's too much of like a regulatory or or controller, you know, nightmare for them to like want to do that. We basically are saying like we're so bullish on rune that we will take the rune side of the trade and you can just deposit Bitcoin with us and we will we, we will basically you know pool it for you and do some sort of like revenue share split on the fees. So that was actually like the genesis of the business of Nine Realms. Um, but what what Nine Realms has like grown to become is really just like a member of the core protocol development team. Um, uh, we split we spin up the um, the Thorsec, which is basically our always on um, security red team that's you know constantly monitoring for threats, reviewing p- uh, new pull requests, and and sort of doing the audits on all the new chain integrations. So our our, our role in the ecosystem has expanded quite a bit, but for, but at its core, like. That's what our business is, is it's helping to bring um, large scale institutional capital onto ThorChain. Um, and so, you know, our, our CEO, um, Gavin, our CEO and founder, Gavin, was like what, the first engineer at BitGo. Um, so, uh, you know, has a lot of connections to, you know, the, the blockchain community at large. Um, and, you know, he basically has been talking to a lot of people. I don't want to like say names specifically but there's yeah i mean let's just say as far as far as like like look at our last launch doge is is was one of those communities where like they have no exposure to DeFi, um and we brought DeFi into their ecosystem and so like our role as nine realms was not only to like oversee the integration of that from a technical perspective but also to corral all of the liquidity so that on day one um, there was deep enough pools so that you can make, you know, 100, 200, 300 K trades and not, um, you know, uh, incur a ton of slippage. So like all the technical aspect of, of, of launching a new chain is just one part of it. Like the, the bigger part I would say is making sure that like the day one liquidity is there so that people have a good swapping experience. And that's one of the things that nine realms, um, is doing for the ecosystem. So yeah, if like, if you're like a like a Terra Mega Bull or like a you know UST, you hold a, a bunch of UST, and you're thinking about whether you want to put that on like you know Anchor or um, or potentially Thorchain instead, um, you know we would we would implore you to reach out. Um, you know you can DM Nine Realms Cap Nine Realms underscore Cap on Twitter, um, and we would be happy to to talk to you about some of our you know, basically our, our, our LP agreement, um, you know, and of course you can do it yourself too, but if you, if you don't want exposure to the rune asset itself, but you want, um, you want basically to like deposit like a big chunk of Luna somewhere and earn, you know, fat yields on it, like definitely reach out to us because, um, that's part of our business as well. Yeah. And worth adding for like the, for the general kind of lower user like you know so stuff like synths and these upcoming um you know thor savings and all these other products like are gonna bring single-sided um you know to where it's just something very accessible as well awesome so what i'll do here because i'm just conscious of the time and i'm looking at uh it is what four minutes to 9 a.m where i am uh, which will bring us to the hour mark and Zion, who is currently on the Orbital Command hosting, uh, he needs to duck off to another meeting. So what we'll do is we'll wind down. I know, I know there's a couple of speakers uh, left that would like to ask questions. Um, 
I think we've covered a, a great deal of information so far, and, I, and I've, I'm certainly more, more excited than I was uh, about ThorChain at the start, and I already was excited. So this has been great. Um, you know, potentially we could line up another chat at some point. I'm sure that as these things get rolled out, as we said, the since go, uh, the vaults go live, and the single side of stake can go live, and um, more integrations coming through. There'll be more questions that arise. So, is everyone, you know, if I if I uh, just ask for a show of hands from both uh, Chad and Pluto, does that does that feel pretty complete? If we wrap it up here, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm I'm down to uh, hang around if people do have questions. But um, yeah, otherwise, I think we definitely touched on a lot of the things that are, that make this integration super exciting for both ecosystems. Like it's just, uh, I know personally as, as somebody that's been bullish on both Rune and Luna for a long time, I'm just excited to see this finally rolling out. And I think it's mutually beneficial and, uh, just want to do my best to help, uh, help educate lunatics on how this is beneficial for, for Luna and UST and also for, for Rune. So yeah, exciting stuff. Amazing. Thank you so much. So look, thank you everyone for jumping on. What I would say, if you aren't already following Chad and Pluto, jump on, follow those guys so you can keep up to date with what's happening on Thor, um, on Thor Swap, and you know, tune into the future episodes that we've got coming up. Um, would love to continue this chat, but obviously we've got to wrap it up right about now. So look, everyone, take care of yourselves, look after yourselves. Um, Terra Spaces, thank you for recording as per usual. You guys are absolute weapons. And um, look, big love, big love. We'll be talking soon, all right? See you, peoples. Okay. Thanks for having us. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Luna and Rune Thor Swap with Orbital Command Space, recorded on Monday, January 31st, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Luart. Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience, all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in Discord for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talus helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talus will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Find your next favorite artist on talus.art. Also, make sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap, validator, and other Talus news. TerraSpaces appreciates the support of all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pain. Checking that replay, sing along, and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows. But then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo. I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio. Six feet, motherfucker. Fucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic Pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday And I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing Left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception The base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties Huge sums of money that go to the record label Per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around Three quarters of a cent Each time someone listens to one of their tracks Leaving only some portion of that for the actual artist.
out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose. That's what happens when people don't know what's true In the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom In the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off Meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog Like a fake mate and call at the zoo It's looking like the view is getting disappointing too I'm working on the new shit, trying to produce it It's what I'm willing to go through when I'm making my music